today we are starting a brand new series today called The Good Shepherd. And my goal through this series is to really explore this idea that our God is a good shepherd. Basically, what we want to do through this series over the next couple of weeks is I want to talk about the goodness of God, okay? And while we go through this, each week I'm going to use some of the teachings that I've learned from Rick Warren's uh, teachings on the 23rd Psalm. And some of y'all are hearing this and you're like, man, I know the 23rd Psalm. Like, I remember hearing it here or there. This is one of the most famous portions of Scripture in the Bible. And what we're going to do, if you're not very familiar with this Psalm, we're going to walk through this each and every week that we're together for the next four uh, weeks, okay? So, but if you open up your Bibles, you know, sometimes in your translations they have headings, um, headings in front of each little chapter. And in some of those headings, when it comes to the 23rd Psalm, if it has this, you'll see this as a heading for that chapter, the Good Shepherd. So what we're going to do is we're, we're going to talk about some of the very specific ways that God is good in our lives. Now, you know God is good, right? Y'all know that God is good, right? That here's the reason you know that God is good, because I bet you learned the same prayer that I learned as a child, and it went like this. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for food. Yeah, there you go. See? How many of y'all prayed that with your children? Let me see. Raise your hands. Okay. How many of y'all prayed that with no children, and you're an adult? You just prayed it on your own. Let me see. Yeah? Still works. Still works, whether you're two or 42. Um, but we have rhymes, we have sayings that refer to just how good God is. In fact, one of the churches that I used to be in, they used to uh, have this like motto, this phrase that they said all the time. Brandon, if you'll throw this up there. He, the, the preacher would say, God is good, and then they'd say all the time, and then the preacher would say all the time, and then the church would say God is good. And this was kind of like something they did all the time, and this was kind of their battle cry. So I had an idea. Let's do it. I like it. Somebody's with me out here. I like it. Let's be a more traditional church for a minute. We're going to have a responsive reading, okay? So get ready. We're going to talk out loud, okay? I'm going to say the words in white. You say the words in yellow. We can do this. Are you ready? Here we go. God is good. And all the time. Man, y'all did so much better at that than I thought y'all were going to do. That was great. Y'all better watch out. I'm going to have y'all reciting the Apostles' Creed before too long. Look at this. Man, I knew y'all could do it. But here's the idea. We know this. Chances are you've heard this saying. I didn't have to teach this to you. You've heard people say this before, right? We know that God is good. But is he good? Is he really good all the time? Like, is he really good all the time? I mean, what about when there's pain? What about in the confusion? What about in the arguments? Is God good when there's conflict? Is God good when I'm depressed or stressed or worried or I feel like I'm being attacked? How do I know that God is good and that he is great even when I don't feel it? Before we jump into the 23rd Psalm next week, I want to start with another psalm with you this morning for our foundation. We're going to look at Psalm 100, verse 5. It says this. It says, For the Lord is always good... He is always loving and kind, and his faithfulness goes on and on and on. Now, Scripture teaches us all throughout the Bible that our God is good all the time. And here's what I want to do. I want to use this verse today, and I want to kind of, like I said before, I just want to kind of lay a foundation for the next few weeks of what's to come. And I want to teach on why it's so important for us. Why it's so important to remember that God is good. 
Because if you forget it, if you forget how good he is, it causes all kinds of problems. And it causes all kinds of difficulties. And it definitely causes more stress in your life. What I'm trying to say is that whatever you're going through right now, whatever this is in front of you, whatever this overwhelming situation is playing out in your life, if you don't focus on the goodness of God, that situation gets worse. It doesn't get better. So I just want to jump right in. We're going to fill in some blanks. If you got some message notes when you walked in today, you can uh, start filling those out. We're going to work through those together. If you don't, because you use the app, you can go ahead and open up your app. Go to the message notes portion. Everybody online, we're so glad that you're worshiping with us. You can find the app as well and follow right along with us. What happens when I forget about God's goodness? Let me give you a couple of negative consequences as we get started. The first negative consequence of forgetting how good God is, it's number one, I become ungrateful. I become ungrateful. And I'm going to add, I get a little too big for my britches. That's southern slang for you start thinking a little bit more about yourself than you probably need to. And one of the worst things you can do, and one of the things we do all the time, is we forget to say thank you. We forget to tell God thank you for all the good things that he has given us. Now, I don't know how it was for you when it comes to raising your kids, but when it was coming to raising my little girls, saying thank you ranked up there really high on the list. I mean, that was right up there with yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, and no, ma'am, and no, sir. And the reason for that is because that's how I was raised. I I was raised to always say thanks. In fact, my mom tells this story of when I was really little. She told me we were going to the mall one day or something, and she was like, listen, every time you say thank you, I'm going to give you a dime. And I was like, a whole dime? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm about to rack up. That was a lot of money to me back then, right? So I'm this little guy, and I'm just saying, thank you, thank you. Just my hands out the whole day. Man, I'm learning left and right. And so then we go to get a snack at this store, and I can't remember where we were, but this little kid in front of us, the mom turns around and hands this kid a snack, and he just takes off with it and runs away. And I look back at my mom, and I just said, that is too bad. My mom said, why? I said, because he missed a whole dime. <laughs> but it stuck, Right? Now, when my girls were little, I used to remind them to say thank you so much that I've actually caught myself almost reminding other kids in front of their parents. Have you ever done that? Like you hand them something, you're like, what are you, what are you doing? Right? It's like, oh, stop myself real quick before this makes things awkward, right? But, you know, it's one thing to not be grateful when your kids are little. It's another thing to be ungrateful when you're grown. In fact, it's a pretty big deal, and the Bible talks a lot about it. In fact, the Bible talks about pride and ingratitude. It's not very t- taken very lightly in Scripture. Um, Jesus actually tells this story one time, and you may remember this story, of a man who got too big for his britches, he didn't give thanks, and it really rubbed God the wrong way. And this story takes, back, takes place in Luke chapter 12, so if you want to go back and read it later, you can, but this guy's been very successful, he's been admiring everything that he has, everything that he's accomplished in life, and he's standing back and he's thinking to himself, look at what I've done, look at everything that I have. I've got so much, I don't even know what to do with it, so I'm going to build bigger barns. You remember that story of the bigger barns? I'm going to build bigger barns to store all my stuff but here's what he doesn't do he doesn't thank God he's never grateful for what God has done in his life 
So Jesus says, God says to this guy, you fool. What if you die tonight? Who's going to get all your stuff? Now, if I were Jesus and ours, which I'm not Jesus, but if I were Jesus and I were telling this story, I'd be thinking, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give it to somebody who is grateful. I'll give all your stuff to somebody who does appreciate it. Now, some of y'all might think, well, that's kind of a harsh way to view Jesus, but is that so hard to imagine? Because that God might have that kind of relationship with us, like a parent to a child. Because what do we say to our children when they're not being grateful for what they have? We'll look at them and say, well, I'll just give it to somebody who is grateful, right? And I think God's better than us, of course, in that situation. But I wonder if Jesus kind of tells this story as this kind of like sort of sober warning to us to be careful. Don't be ungrateful. Don't be prideful. Don't forget to be grateful for all the ways that God has been good in your life. You see, we need to remember that everything we have in life, everything we have, everything we owe to God. You wouldn't be able to take your next breath if it weren't for the goodness of God. You wouldn't be here today if it weren't for the goodness of God. God wouldn't have created you if he didn't love you and want to be in a relationship with you. And that's good. Everything you have in your life, your ability to see and hear and work with your hands, it all comes from God. In fact, every single one of you are talented at something. Some of you are great with numbers, and you see things in math equations that don't make sense to me. Once you start moving into fractions, I'm out. I just I can't do fractions. In fact, yesterday, looking at the Kentucky Derby, I'm glad they line them all up because, you know, the odds things, I'm like, I don't know, because they're using fractions. I don't, I don't get it, right? But some of y'all are very talented. Some of y'all have an ear for music, and you can immediately tell if something's in tune or out of tune. So some of you have the ability to work a crowd and your personality. It's just contagious. Some of you are just like me, and you know how to tell fantastic jokes. I got one. But I'm saving it for lunch, so get ready. Y'all better come to lunch. <laughs> it was like, I'm not going to go. He's going to tell a joke. Um, listen, even though we're all different, one thing remains the same. God has given you your abilities. He's given you the very breath you breathe. right? And God is no different than anybody else. When we give something nice to someone, we like to hear, thank you. God wants us to be grateful. God wants us not to forget how good he is and to say thanks. Because he, and here's the reason why. If we remember how good God is in this area, maybe we'll remember that he's good in this area as well. That area that we're struggling with. Like if I remember to say thanks to God for this area and what he's done over here and the ways he's worried them, then maybe I'll remember just how good he is. Even in this other area of my life. But that doesn't happen if I don't remember to give thanks. Check out this verse in 1 Corinthians 4, 7. The Apostle Paul is blunt about this. And he says this. He says, what, what do you have that wasn't given to you? What do you have that wasn't given? You don't have anything that wasn't given to you by God. We get prideful sometimes. We look at the things like that man did in Luke 12. Like we think that we've done it. No, 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 no. Paul reminds us. Nothing's been, you haven't done anything. All of this is by the grace of God, right? So he goes on to say, if you were given what you have, why are you bragging as if it weren't a gift? A gift from God. One of the first things that happens when I forget about God's goodness in my life is I start taking credit for stuff that I didn't do. I forget to say thank you to God and nobody likes 
someone that's a little too big for the britches, not even God. And you remember, all that God has done for me and through me. Here's a second negative consequence. When I forget God's goodness, number two is I stop asking. I stop asking. And this is a big problem because when you forget how eager God is to help you, how good he really is, you start depending more on yourself and you stop asking God for help. And we talked about this last week, but the truth is God wants to help you, right? God is waiting to help you. In fact, I use that verse over and over and over again. The brother of Jesus, James, James 1.5, he says, ask God for wisdom and God will give it to you. What a great piece of scripture. But Jesus, I want to take you to another one. Jesus says this in Matthew 7. He says this, ask and you will receive. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Jesus goes on, we're we're not going to read this whole passage here, but he goes on to say, the reason you don't have is because you're not, go go back to that other slide there, Brandon, real quick. He says, the reason you don't have is because you're not doing these things. You're not asking, you're not searching, you're not knocking like you should, like I'm expecting you to. We have forgotten that God is there to help us, that wants to help us, that wants to pour himself into our lives. In fact, Jesus goes on to say, go go to the next slide now, Brandon. He says, how much more will your Father in heaven give the good things to those who ask him? He wants so much to do good things in your life. We just got to remember to ask. But if you give up asking, if you forget how good God is and and you forget to ask, well, then you're missing out on the opportunity for your heavenly Father to do something amazing. You know what happens when, when we forget what God can do and how good God is? Man, our prayers, our prayers are non-existent or they become weak and they become wimpy, right? And we don't really ask God for anything. We just kind of mouth the words. We just kind of go through the motions. It's just kind of like blah, 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 blah. We never really ask God for anything important. And one of the worst things we can do is just go through life whining all the time. And not asking God for his help. My parents had a uh, plaque in the kitchen above the cupboard that said the 11th commandment, thou shalt not whine. (laughs) Now I'm going to say that I don't remember seeing that until later in life. So they put that there for my sister Megan. (laughs) If you're watching Megan, that was all you, not me. Anyway, no, it was more than likely me. But we know what that's like as parents, right? To have our kids walk around whining, and it's aggravating. We're like, stop whining about it and ask me. Like, what do you want me to do, right? And I feel sometimes we can be the same way when all we do is complain and we never ask God. And how frustrating that must be for our Heavenly Father. we got to remember that the more we ask, the more we open ourselves up to God, the more He can actually do. And the problem is we think that we're bugging Him. We think that we're bothering Him. We think that He doesn't care about these details, but He does. Scripture says he knows how many hairs there are on your head or the lack thereof. (laughs) You know, he knows those details in our lives and he wants to help us. You're not bothering him. See, God knows that the more we go to him, the more we ask, the more we're going to trust. The more we trust, the more we're going to go back to him and that's what he wants. He actually desires that type of relationship where we're leaning into him. And we're asking him every day, all day. But sometimes we forget to do that when we forget just how good the good shepherd really is. 
So don't stop asking. The third thing that happens when I forget God's goodness is that I get overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed in life. Now, I'm going to brag just for a minute. Y'all hold on. I've been through a few challenging courses in my past that I'm kind of proud of. I've been through the Darby Queen. I don't know if y'all know what the Darby Queen is, but that's the Ranger obstacle course. I've done a half marathon, not a full, but I've done a half. And I've done a Tough mutter. And I don't know if y'all realize this or not, but I'm pretty tough. And I'm being serious. That's not funny. <laughs> but now that I think back on those things, the age that I am now, especially that tough mutter, it overwhelms me. The thought of jumping into ice water, being shocked. I cannot believe I allowed people to shock me running through this thing. What was I thinking? Jumping into mud, digging mud out of every nook and cranny for the next week. It's crazy. Who thought this was a good idea? The, the, the real reason that I don't think that I would do those things again, the real reason is I'm getting old, and I would probably give up on the training, but the, the reason that I would give up on the training is because I've forgotten. I have forgotten how good it is to get to the end. It's been so long, like I have forgotten how good it is to get through that obstacle course or that training and break the tape at the end of the race. You know, that thing that you have worked so hard for. How good is it to have that sense of an accomplishment? Y'all, this is so true. If I forget how good God is and all the accomplishments that he has done in my past, all those times that he has helped me break the tape, it's the, the, the end of something amazing. If I forget that, then it's easier to stop trusting him when things are difficult and when I do that I get overwhelmed and when that happens I tend to give up and the reason I say this is because if you were really aware of just how good God is like trusting him with those things in life it would just be automatic and you would just go to him again and again and again he'd be your first choice and not your last resort and as a result we would not feel so overwhelmed in life and yet we do and the reason we do is because we forget how good he is let me give you two pieces of scripture that back this up. Number one is King David. King David understood this. There was a time in his life when he was running and he was threatened. They were out to kill him. They wanted to take over the kingdom. And instead of letting it overwhelm him, he remembered how good God was. Look at what he writes in Psalm 16.1. He says this. He says, keep me safe, O God. You are my Lord. And apart from you, I have no good thing. There is no goodness in my life outside of you. This is the first verse in that psalm when he's being chased. When his life is on the line, he remembers how good God is. And you can see that instead of being overwhelmed as you read this psalm, you, you, you have this sense of peace that he feels in this moment. Let me give you another one. Romans 8, 28, the Apostle Paul, who was facing overwhelming situations that you and I could never dream of. He, he was shipwrecked. He was bitten by snakes. He was beaten and left for dead, put in prison. You, you name it, it has happened to Paul. But he never gave up. He never got overwhelmed. In fact, he reminds us how good God is. And he says this in 8, 28. Romans 8, 28 says, We know that all things happen to us is working for our good if we love God. All of these things that happen to us, all these things that overwhelm us, they can work for good if we don't forget the goodness 
of God. No matter what's overwhelming in your life right now, don't forget how good God is. God still has a good plan. We just got to be willing to trust him. But again, saying that, I know, and I don't know what you brought in here this morning. I don't know the struggles that you're facing on a daily basis. But I do know that not everything that happens in life is good. And it is overwhelming. And there is a lot of bad. And some of you are experiencing that bad right now. But I do want you to know that if you hold on and you remember that you serve a good God. And you go to him and you ask him. That he can work. You just got to trust him. And if you have that trust. You remember how good he is. You won't be so overwhelmed. And you'll have this peace that we talk about. That surpasses all understanding. Don't forget it. And the last thing that happens. When we forget the goodness of God. Is we become pessimistic. Speaking of those overwhelming situations. Speaking of all the bad that happens in the world around us. When we forget how good God is. We kind of lose hope. And friends we can't lose hope. It's easy to get pessimistic in the world today. Every time we turn on the news. It's like yikes. It's like the world is burning down. Every time we... Walk into work, there's gossip about someone else that isn't flattering. Every time we turn on our phone and we look at social media, it looks like everybody else is getting ahead and I'm just lagging behind. Listen, if you're struggling with being pessimistic right now, if you're fighting discouragement, doubt, or despair, I want to tell you to do two things for me. You ready for this? Two things. Number one, focus on all the ways that God has been good in your life. Here's what we can do. Get our eyes off the problem and get our eyes on God. Get our eyes off the problem and get our eyes on God. Like that old hymn goes, count your blessings. Name them one by one. In fact, that would be good for you to do. In your private time, when you have some time to yourself, just sit down and make a list. Put down the top three things, the top three blessings to thank God for. I did that this morning. Here's my three blessings. My family, my church, and my coffee coffee made the list this morning is a beautiful thing it's good to get our eyes off the problem and get our eyes focused on God and the blessings that he has given to us second thing I want you to do if you're feeling overwhelmed is I want you to be here on Sundays be here not only does this time of worship help us and encourage us but man, I'm going to talk through this series on hope over the next couple of months. And I believe that it will bring joy to whatever situation that you're facing. And the reason I say that is because the foundation of hope that we need is rooted in the goodness of God. Because again, if God isn't good, well then there's no hope. If we don't serve a good God, there's no hope and we're just up the creek without a paddle. Let me give you a good verse to go along with this. Jeremiah 29, 11. You know this verse. God says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for evil. Now, why, why does God have good plans for us? It's because he's a good God. It's because he's a good The goal in your life is God's purpose, right? That means that God has a good, Caroline was praying about that this morning. She didn't know what we were going to talk about today. That's just how God works, right? God's got a good goal and a good plan and a good purpose for everybody here at the Ridge, right? God's plan for you is good. His goal for you is good. might be hard to see it right now. 
We might be a little pessimistic about it. We may be a little overwhelmed about it, but it doesn't change the fact that God's goal for you is good, that he's got a plan for you. It's kind of like this. I remember traveling on Route 66 one time. We had, a long time ago when the girls were little, we took a drive or on Route 66 heading towards the Grand Canyon. We're in the desert, and it's really, it's really pretty. But for two little girls in the back... This is just like a desert wasteland with no internet, and they're bored out of their mind, right? You know how this is, parents, when you're driving along with your kids and they don't have anything to do. So I, I felt like I kept having to remind them, you know, and I was like trying to be Clark Griswold, like this is going to be a great family vacation, right? So I'm reminding them the whole time, hey, I know it's not good right now, and I know it's boring, and I know it doesn't look good, but we're going to the Grand Canyon, it's going to be amazing, you see... I feel like God is like that way with us sometimes, that his plan for us is good. We just got to be reminded of that. I know it doesn't look good right now. I know it's hard to see it right now. But there is hope for us. And here's the next part of this verse. It goes on. He says, to give you a future and a hope. And there it is, hope. That we need hope being tied to the goodness of our God. You see, the more you understand just how good and how great God is, the more hope you have that he's not done with me yet. He's not done with the situation yet. He's got more in store, and I can't wait to see what it is because my hope is in a good God. So over the next couple of weeks, what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead you through those benefits of God's goodness to you. Truth is, everybody needs this. Everybody wants goodness in their life. In fact, I'll close with this. God is so good. He is so great that he actually did something for us that has never been done before. He sent his son. He sent his son to die on the cross for us. Jesus came to this earth and died willingly to pay for our failures. In order to make a way possible to God, God sent his son as the ultimate expression of his love and goodness. And if God was willing to go to that extreme for you, well, then you can be sure that he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forget you. He's too invested in your life. Look at everything he gave In fact, one more verse. I love this verse that comes from Isaiah 49.6. This comes at a time when Israel was struggling. Israel had kind of lost hope. They they, they didn't know if God even remembered who they were or if that God was even good. And look at what God says through the prophet Isaiah. He says, I have tattooed your name upon my palm. I love this. Isaiah is looking at Israel. And God says this, and he prophesies this hundreds of years before Jesus even comes and they put snails through his hands, right? But it's crazy to think that God basically tells Israel, I haven't forgotten about you. I love you. My plan for you is still good. I've got you tattooed on my hand. And I think the same could be said for us. I think this is very symbolic. Some of your translations say that his name is engraved. Your name is engraved on him. I think that could be said for every one of us. I think this means that the nails that were driven through Jesus' hands were just for you. So when we get to heaven, the only one with a scar is going to be Jesus. And it will be a reminder when you see it that no matter how difficult things were on this earth, 
no matter how painful things got, no matter how overwhelmed we felt, ultimately that scar, those holes in Jesus' hands, they prove just how great and how good our God really is. So don't forget it. We need to be reminded of it. Let's pray together. God, God, you are so good. We really don't deserve it at all. So God, would you please forgive us when we forget just how good you are. God, remind us to number our blessings and to learn to trust you. God, when, when things are difficult, may we come to you and ask you for help knowing that you want to provide, knowing that you want to help us remember just how good you have been in our past. And God, I, I don't know what everybody's struggling with today, but help us remember that even in the bad stuff, God, you have a good plan for our life. So God, help us not to doubt or have despair about the future. Instead, help us to learn what it means to lean into the hope that comes through your son, Jesus Christ. And God, if for nothing else, may we remember that your son, Jesus, gave his life for every person in this room. That's how good and that's how great you really are. So thank you for giving your life so that we can live. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen.